0: Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of The Committee, your home of college football. It's been much too long since I've made a podcast episode, uh, and it's only right that right before the conference championship weekend we get back to it. So we just had a very exciting rivalry weekend in which we saw plenty of big games, quite a few upsets, And we're pretty close to seeing uh, the full playoff picture now. So, started off on Thursday uh, with the Egg Bowl and Thanksgiving. Um, I predicted this one 37 31, Mississippi Mississippi State is what I said. Uh, The Bulldogs got the win 24 22. Um, At that time, I think I was more inclined I was thinking Lane Kiffin was Auburn bound Um, now obviously we've just had the news yesterday that Hugh Freeze has been hired by Auburn to be their next head ball coach uh, and Lane re-signed with Ole Miss on about an eight year 72 something million dollar deal Um, which I think is interesting I think it's definitely good for Ole Miss because had Lane left there they would probably be in shambles Uh, We already saw them throwing trash on the field uh, during that Egg Bowl game, which is very ironic considering what happened with that Tennessee game last year against Ole Miss. Anyways, um, moving on to Black Friday. This was another big day in the playoff scenario, in conference championship scenarios. Uh, So 11 a.m. kickoffs, Texas takes down Baylor 38-27. Improves to eight and four and they kept their hopes for the Big 12 championship alive uh, Until Kansas State eventually ended that by beating Kansas Saturday Tulane and Cincinnati had an epic battle for the uh, for a spot in the AAC championship game which Tulane won 27-24 in Cincinnati. I predicted that one 27-24 but in favor of the Bearcats Uh, so the teams just flipped that script there And Tulane is now playing UCF in the AAC champ, uh, which should be a pretty good game. Should be the winner going to the Cotton Bowl. Um, So definitely keep an eye out for that. NC State, North Carolina. North Carolina ends the season with two straight losses. Um, There was some speculation that this UNC team was fraudulent. Obviously we knew the defense was bad. There was no hiding that. No one thought that it was a stellar defense anyways. But I thought the offense was going to be able to do enough to uh, get them through to the ACC champ at 11-1. All they had to do was beat Georgia Tech and then beat NC State at home. Failed to beat Georgia Tech. And unfortunately, due to uh, some kicker issues as well, they were not able to defeat NC State as they fall 30-27 in double OT. Florida State, Florida. Uh, The first of the SEC-ACC games this weekend in Rivalry Week. This was a fabulous game. Jordan Travis made some big plays. Uh, We saw a little bit of controversial calls at the end there on the last drive. Uh, No P.I. call. um, or Sorry, a pass interference called um, against Florida State. And then when you see Anthony Richardson scrambling on that 4th and 12, I believe, Uh, Down uh, by Florida State's 25 for the for the ball game Um, Seemingly a missed face mask there. So say what you want about that game Uh, Florida State was the better team and uh, That was a fantastic game to watch Friday night Uh, UCLA almost lost to Cal, but they got the job done So move on that move on from that the uh, Pac-12 actually has an an incredible amount of good teams compared to what they normally are boasting. I mean, I believe so. Let me check here. Yeah, the Pac-12 has six teams, nine and three or better out of their 12 teams. They got four nine and three teams, uh, Utah, Oregon, Oregon State, and UCLA. 10 and two Washington, uh, though obviously Utah is going to the Pac-12 chip over Washington. Uh, they both have a seven and two conference record. But Utah got the tiebreaker, Oregon's in that three-way tie as well. And uh, then we got USC at 11-1, who we're going to talk plenty about later. But, moving on to Saturday. 11 a.m., obviously, there was only one game we had our eyes on, for the most part. um, And that was the game, Michigan-Ohio State. After the first quarter, it seemed the Michigan offense was going to have to get something going through the air, which I'm gonna be honest, I wasn't completely confident in them doing. I wasn't so confident JJ. McCarthy was gonna able to gonna be able to air it out enough to beat the Buckeyes. But then you see Ohio State send everyone on a blitz on third and eight. Uh, McCarthy slings up a kind of backfoot shot. To the left sideline of the Cornelius Johnson, who spins out of a tackle, uh, fends off another tackler, stumbles a little bit, and then is just off to the races. He's gone. Um, Michigan gets the ball back a few minutes later. Cornelius Johnson wide open again as he burns the corner on a double move. Um, or maybe it was the safety. Um, boom. Michigan... It's Soren, 17-13. Uh, Marvin Harrison then, of course, is not going to be ignored. He finished the day with seven catches for 120 and a touchdown. Um, is thrown a beautiful ball from C.J. Stroud, and it's 20-17, to 17, and that was the halftime score. At halftime, I felt like those big plays for Michigan were very important, um, and yet still they were down. They were still losing. Obviously, no quorum. He played the first two or three snaps and then didn't see the field again um but something flipped second half michigan won the second half 28 to 3 including a 21 to 3 victory in the fourth quarter jj mccarthy finishes 12 of 24 for 263 and three touchdowns um and he really He did all he had to do. They had these big explosive plays that the Ohio State defense was not ready for, could not defend, Um, and Michigan just, in the end, smokes the Buckeyes in Columbus, gets their first win there since 2000. They had lost nine previous meetings in Columbus. Um, It was a a very impressive performance from the blue. Um, So they will now play Purdue in the Big Ten Championship. Obviously, underwhelming Big Ten Championship once again, thank you, I don't think it was Kevin Warren who set these divisions, the previous commissioner, drawing a of name, but it sucks, the Big Ten West is trash, Big Ten East, literally every year is better, over and 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 over. I digress another game that we saw at 11 a.m. that I had to get uh, get on a laptop next to the TV because it was too good not to see was a uh, Spencer Rattler and the boys taking down Clemson to get South Carolina's first ever back-to-back top 10 wins uh, beamer ball really ending the season great uh, So, Spencer Rattler, the first 10 games of the season, really did nothing. I believe he had 8 touchdowns, and uh, he only had 2 against Clemson. Uh, Obviously, he had the pick 6, which was an ideal, and there was the safety as well, which without those, South Carolina even maybe pulls this game further. But uh, Rattler throws 25-39 of for 360 and 2 touchdowns, and then 2 picks as well, Uh, but... We're seeing at least a little more production out of them. South Carolina really boosted their bowl status these past two weeks, which is big for them, because uh, last year they were competing in the Duke's Mayo Bowl against North Carolina, uh, which I believe was a six of six, six and six, six and six matchup. Um, and now the Cox should be looking at potentially Citrus Bowl. Um, Maybe outback. Let's see. I'm gonna go look up a bowl game prediction. Let's see what USA Today says So Okay Uh, Not great here music city bowl against Iowa. That's still pretty trash Um, I Guess it's a fun location in Nashville, but not really what you want Uh, let's check on uh, Sports Illustrated where do they have the Cox again Music City Bowl against Iowa so could that be where uh, South Carolina is locked in Uh, for them they're probably hoping no because let's be honest does anyone actually want to play Iowa I don't think so uh, Action Networks got him in the Rely Quest Bowl against Illinois. Another defensive battle against a Big Ten West team. Uh, that one in Tampa, though. So, yeah, seemingly like uh, South Carolina, you know, obviously they're in the SEC, so there's a lot of bowl spots to go around, a lot of good teams. Um, not really getting favored too much, but that is still better than the Dukes-Mayo Bowl, uh, be that as it may. Big win for the Cox. Uh, Dabo and the Tigers have not looked the same this year Uh, DJ is not the guy I've been saying it all year Uh, I think K. Klubnik is better Um, whether or not Dabo is ready to start him seems like he is not Uh, obviously he's a true freshman and not everyone is Trevor Lawrence but DJ can't be the answer he's not the answer and he can't be he just hasn't Hasn't impressed. Really, I'd say the best game I've seen DJ play was the game Trevor Lawrence got hurt, and they went up to South Bend, and I think it was 45-40. They lost um, in the COVID year, if I'm getting that correct. Um, And he threw for about 400 yards, and that's the best I've seen him play. He was 8 of 29 for 99 yards, averaged 3.4 yards per attempt. One touchdown, one pick, 27.5 QBR. Um, That is unacceptable. Obviously, he added uh, 50 yards on the ground and a touchdown, so that's a little, that's nice. Nice little consolation. But DJ's not the guy. Um, The Clemson defense, the past two years, has deserved better than what the offense has put out for them. Um, Will Shipley has continued to ball, though, Uh, so I think he's going to have a good season next year as well. Um, he's, hit a, he's hit a K on the ground, 14 touchdowns. Um, but something's got to change, and I feel like it will with Cade Klubnik getting that job. DJ has to transfer, has to get out. Uh, Georgia was losing to Georgia Tech 10-7 in the second quarter. I had a little hope for that upset just for fun, and of course that did not last. Bulldogs get the win 37-14. to TCU i heard i heard a lot of people a lot a lot of people telling me tcu is going to lose this game or lose to kansas state which obviously is still a possibility they haven't played that game yet um but tcu came out here and absolutely smoked iowa state uh through three quarters it was 56-7 final score 62-14 max duggan looked great once again 17-24 to 212 yards three touchdowns um even Chandler Moore's got the play, which I was happy to see, five or six for 34 yards and a touchdown. This TCU team absolutely deserves to be in the playoff, and soon coming up later in the episode, we're going to talk about if they are solidified as a playoff team. Moving on, 2:30 games. We had the Iron Bowl, uh, you know, whatever Auburn, lame Civil War, Oregon. All they had to do was win the game to clinch a Pac-12 championship berth the score was 31 to 10 in Corvallis the Ducks are looking good Bo Nix is having fun it looks like oh these guys they're going to the Pac-12 chip three minutes left in the third quarter that was the score 21 point lead touchdown Oregon State field goal Oregon right to start the fourth quarter and then back to back in the span of two minutes touchdown Oregon State touchdown Oregon State and then really the most flabbergasting decision I may have ever seen I don't know what Dan Lanning was thinking Kenny Dillingham uh I guess that I guess this is the play call that got him the Arizona State job fourth and two on Oregon's own 30-yard line They run a read option with Bo Nix, who, by the way, was having a little bit of a leg issue, uh, wasn't 100% to go on the ground, and he keeps the read, doesn't get it. Oregon State punches it in, never looks back, no more scoring. That's ball game. You have to punt that ball away. What are you doing, guys? You're getting stormed in this massive comeback. You're only up 3 now after being up 21, and on your own, 30? You think you should go for it? No, sir. Come on, duckies. Uh, By the way, total yards, Oregon, 470. Oregon State, 328. Possession, Oregon, 34-47. Oregon State, 25-13. First downs, Oregon, 26. Oregon State, 19 and turnovers Oregon 0 Oregon State 3 there is no way Oregon should have lost this game I mean I I don't even know what to say except congratulations Oregon State fabulous win for the Beavers Uh, I'm sure they went crazy uh, Saturday night after that win because that was just something from Dan Lanning and the Ducks. But still a good season uh, for him so far. You know, Hopefully, for the players, hopefully they don't go back to the Alamo Bowl because they probably don't want to go there two years in a row. Uh, maybe the Beavers can go there. We'll see. Um, moving on to the night games, we saw before Notre Dame-USC, I want to talk about the LSU Tigers. Playoff hopes on the line. You're going to play Georgia next week. Clearly looking ahead, I had a gut feeling that A&M was going to be in this game and keep this one close because they always do. Once it was 7-0 in the first quarter, I did predict AM to win, but I, I had no idea that it was going to be like this. LSU was embarrassed and beaten by a terrible AM team who has nothing to play for. LSU had everything on the line and Brian Kelly and the boys could not get it done. They lose 38-23 at Kyle Field. AM finishes the season 5 and 7 and LSU drops to 9 and 3. Playoff hopes are gone. Um, there was a pretty good pretty good shot. They were going to make the playoff as an 11-2 SEC champ. Uh, if not a hundred percent chance, uh, seen as the committee would want to get that SEC champ in, or so they say. Um, I thought it was maybe a, you know maybe they had to do something special, but beating Georgia obviously is something special. Uh, Jaden Daniels throws for 189, gets nothing, no touchdowns. John Emery has three on the ground, um, but it was. It was just shockingly bad from LSU, uh, who has been overrated many a times. Uh, They were sitting at number five. I did not agree personally. Um, I had the Tigers sitting at number eight for three consecutive weeks. Uh, Obviously, I had them behind Tennessee because Tennessee absolutely smoked them, uh, which Tennessee is still not getting the respect they deserve, uh, by the way. Um, but just a just a disgraceful loss from LSU. I've got them dropped now to number fifteen. Uh, is there a chance they beat Georgia? No way. I mean I think I would be more shocked by them beating Georgia than I was by AM beating them. I don't see it happening. The Tigers are gonna get rolled. And I'm pretty sure I don't know exactly how the ruling here is going to work in terms of sugar bowl cotton bowl uh what the sec is going to get but i i'm predicting Georgia's going to blast them and if, if they do i don't think lsu is even going new year's six bowling i mean maybe they're going citrus or Outback because you got bama and tennessee lingering right there at 10 and 2 uh so just a colossal shutdown from the tigers Notre Dame-USC, potentially Heisman moment for Caleb Williams. It's really not a great Heisman race. Uh, it would have been a lot better had Blake Corum not got hurt. I don't think he's going to play this weekend either against Purdue. So if USC wins against Utah, that's your Heisman winner, Caleb Williams. Uh, USC got this win on Saturday night, which was the biggest program win in a while. Uh, Caleb Williams was electric, moving around. Uh, ran for only 35 yards, but three touchdowns on the ground. Uh, 18 of 22 through the air, 232 yards and a touchdown there for 97-6 QBR. Drew Pine and Notre Dame didn't look bad. The Fighting Irish have definitely improved as a team throughout the season, um, but it wasn't enough to take down the Trojans, who are in prime position to make the college football playoff. All they have to do is win. That's all they have to do. Uh, USC continues its great turnover margins. Uh, Notre Dame turned it over twice. Uh, USC did not turn it over at all. Um, The yardage was pretty close. USC 436 to 408. First downs pretty close. 23-22 over the Irish. Uh, But USC possessed the ball for 11 minutes longer. 35 minutes to 24. Um, And the most shocking thing of all is they reported a 94% attendance. Of 72,613 out of the 77,500 held at the LA Memorial Coliseum. Um, So congratulations to Lincoln, Riley, and the Trojans for actually getting people to come to the game, Uh, something we have not seen in a while in Los Angeles, UCLA included. Um, So that's our little week run-through. Let's talk playoff. Let's talk conference championships. Friday night, Pac-12 Championship, Utah versus USC. The first time around at Rice-Eccles Stadium in Salt Lake City was a fabulous game. Uh, Utah got the win, 43-42. You see Caleb Williams shedding tears, walking off the field. Obviously, that was one of the biggest games of the Pac-12 season, one of the biggest games of the season. Now USC has a chance to avenge that loss against a 9-3 Utah who was sitting at number 14. They should be moving up a bit, maybe should be around 11-12, uh, depending on how far uh, Clemson drops, LSU drops. um Who else to drop? Well, depending on where Oregon drops, uh, we'll see if Utah gets placed over Oregon. Obviously, Oregon did beat Utah, but there's a chance Utah's over him now. This one's going to be big at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. I don't know that I've ever seen a Pac-12 championship have any fans either, similar to a USC game. Um, so hopefully, there's people here because USC has a playoff spot on the line now. What we expected was perhaps a uh, an Oregon team here that has big uh, Rose Bowl implications, or even before that second loss uh, to Washington, maybe even uh, CFP implications. But no, just for USC. Uh, I think this is going to be a fabulous game. The Trojans are favored by three with an over-under of 67, uh, looking to be high scoring yet again. Neither one of these teams' defenses really strike me to hold... Uh, teams low on points. Uh, but if USC wins, they are in the playoff. Saturday, 11 a.m., game day. Kansas State TCU. Uh, this is the biggest game of the day. And that holds major, major playoff implications. TCU already beat Kansas State. They're favored by two and a half here in Arlington. It's gonna be all purple at the uh, at the Death Star, which I think is gonna be a really cool sight to see. Uh, all Literally, all the fans are gonna be in purple and white. It is gonna look so cool, and I think it's gonna be an electric atmosphere because Kansas State really wants this. Uh, this has been a fantastic season for Kansas State so far, might I say. Um, And TCU, obviously, plenty to play on the line. Not only a playoff berth, a Big 12 championship, an undefeated season through the Big 12 championship, 13 wins. Uh, This is the biggest TCU game since the Rose Bowl. Um, Very, very excited for that one. Uh, So we're going to do some uh, SLO picks later in the week. I just want to run through these right now, though. I'm not going to pick them yet we're going to do more playoff scenario in a second three o'clock lsu georgia we talked about this one a bit uh i will give you a prediction here though i think george is going to steamroll them they're favored by 17 and a half uh 18 on some books um i don't know if i'm going to take that line yet but the dogs definitely are in pole position to win that uh, money line they're minus 1k right now so i Probably I'm not going to be adding that into any parlay. So it's going to have to be the spread. Uh, So we're going to discuss that later. UCF Tulane, as we talked about a little bit, the American Championship at 3 o'clock in Yeoman Stadium, New Orleans. Tulane with a Cotton Bowl spot on the line. Had I known that Michael Pratt and the Green Wave were going to do this this year, also beating Kansas State this year, by the way, Uh, I would have been a little less sad about barely beating them last year in Norman Um, And obviously we see now the Sooners are not very good at all So congrats to the green wave. I hope they get the win here and go to the Cotton Bowl I don't really want to see UCF there Um, Malzahn and the boys box them out Uh, now Fritz from Tulane has just been hired By, who did he get hired by? Willie Fritz has been hired as Georgia Tech's coach, it seems. Uh, Looks like it might just be rumors right now, but I think that's pushing further. He said, I'm the head football coach at Tulane 22 hours ago, reported by CBS. Uh, He's focused on the AAC title game. I'm hoping he coaches through the title game and the bowl game. We don't really see a lot of uh, group of five coaches do that that are in this position. Like uh, we got like Mike Norvell we saw a few years ago at Memphis, which kind of sucks. Um, you bring your team all this way just to leave them early. I don't like it one bit. Um, I hate that all these coaching hires happen right before the biggest games of the season. Um You want to talk about why bowl games don't matter as much? And you want to blame the players? Well, we can't just blame the players when the coaches are just bailing on teams before the biggest game their program's seen in years. I do not like that. Please, Willie Fritz, coach two more games with the green wave. Nightcap games, Purdue-Michigan, that game's going to be pretty boring Michigan is favored by sixteen and a half. Um, we'll see if Purdue's ranked. We'll see if the committee ranks them tonight. But I mean, it's just I just want a good Big Ten championship game. Come on, guys. Come on. Speaking of terrible games, uh, Clemson, North Carolina, ACC championship. Those team, what those teams have done to dehype hype fans from this ACC championship game is incredible just two weeks ago it was looking like both of these teams were going to come in on a collision course at 11 and 1 with a potential playoff spot on the line for either team who got the win Uh, a new team in North Carolina who we saw in the Orange Bowl a few years ago but hasn't quite got that playoff spot uh, into that playoff talk yet Drake May had a has had a great season so far and then you've got the old dog Clemson and Dabo Sweeney who have been here plenty of times over the last decade um, and they both ruin it winds's going to the Orange Bowl obviously I'm still gonna watch it but it is just really sad to think about what this game could have been uh, to what it is now Clemson is favored by seven and a half and the over under is at 63 um, i'm taking that over likely let's get into playoff talk so obviously we saw my top 10 i released yesterday number one georgia 12 and 0 number two michigan 12 and 0 number three tcu 12 and 0 number four usc 11 and 1 number five ohio state 11 and 1 number six tennessee 10 and 2 Number seven, Penn State, ten and two. Number eight, Alabama, ten and two. Number nine, Washington, ten and two. And number ten, Clemson, ten and two. Um, this is what I think we're going to see tonight from the the uh, the other committee, the fake committee, the College Football Playoff committee. My projected rankings for tonight: Georgia at one, Michigan at two. Um, and I think there's going to be some debate for this. I think. Kirk or Reese, one of them's going to ask uh, Boo Corgan why why Georgia's ranked at one or why Michigan's ranked at one. Um, I probably would say it's like an 85% chance it's going to be Georgia, uh, as I think it should. I think Georgia should be number one. But there is a little shot that Michigan is ranked at number one. In the AP poll, there's 63 first place votes. 58 went to georgia and five went to michigan in the coaches poll There's 63 as well 60 went to georgia and three went to michigan so there's a few people who have michigan at number one so there is a chance that michigan is ranked there tonight um projected at number three tcu obviously 12 and 0 uh i think that usc is going to go to number four um jumping the Buckeyes and as we see last week USC was number six Ohio State was number two Um, and LSU was number five as well they lost out of the way two I think USC is going to get that four spot and this is the big one the most important ranking so far of the season is number five tonight I think they're going to put Ohio State at number five I have Ohio State at number five the AP has Ohio State at number five, and the coaches have Ohio State at number five. I didn't expect there to be a way Ohio State lost in that fashion at home. Alabama hasn't done typical Alabama things. They don't deserve to make the playoff, but 10-2 and two Alabama lurking right there is either eliminated from the playoff at number six or they are right on the cusp of the playoff at number five Um, obviously if usc loses on friday that number five team is going to have a great shot at jumping into the playoff to play likely georgia it should be ohio state and that's what i'm projecting they're going to do But keep an eye on that five and six ranking. So I've got Bama projected at number six, um, meaning obviously those two teams are done. So they have nothing else to play for. or They can't do anything else to change their resume. Um, So barring a committee contradiction next week, if they were to flip them back around... And Bama got that four spot or whatever. Uh, hypothetically, that would definitely piss the country off. That would definitely piss me off. Um, I don't I obviously don't like what I saw from Ohio State last week, um, but they should be number five. They're eleven and one. Be as it may, ter- not a good loss to Michigan, but it's a twelve and zero number two Michigan. Um, if you want to quote, good loss as the committee loves to see. They love that stuff. Uh, so I've got Tennessee projected to be number seven. from uh, Moving up from number 10, they dropped five the week before, losing to South Carolina. Uh, I heard a little bit of chatter, uh, albeit jokingly, that Vanderbilt had a chance to take down Tennessee with uh, Hendon Hooker out uh, and Vandy with a bull spot on the line. Tennessee shut that up real quick, uh, went into... Uh, Nashville and beat them 56-0. Tennessee deserves to be in the New Year's Six, and I hope they are. Um, and I hope they're not in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, I definitely would rather see Alabama in the Cotton Bowl so they could play Tulane, you know, so we kind of get like a, oh, Alabama versus Group of Five, because it's Bama, you know. That's what we've wanted to see for years, like Bama-UCF. was like, oh, we want Bama, we want Bama. Anyways, I digress. Projected number eight, Penn State. I think Penn State has been an underrated team for a while. Um, Penn State continues to blow teams out, beating Michigan by three, Michigan State by three s- scores. Um, saw a video of Sean Clifford. It seemingly looked like he was saying in the final minute of the game to his teammate on the sideline, we have to cover, uh, which I think is hilarious. Um, I don't think they covered on most books, though, because I think... It was a 19 point line and they won by 19. I think they pushed on most books. Let me go check if there, was any, uh, not- if there was any notable books that had them at 18 and a half, because in that case, they did in fact cover. Oh, okay, let's go. MGM had it at 18. Action Network had it at 19. And they said, Fanduel had 18 and a half. Okay, so it was mostly 19, but some smart betters were, were likely able to get that at 18 uh, and get the cover from the Nittany Lions. Good job, Clifford and the boys. Uh, proud of you for getting that push last cover. Uh, number nine, I think, is going to be Kansas State. Last week, we saw Kansas State ranked at number 12. Um, obviously, there's Clemson, LSU, and Oregon ahead of them, all lost. So, because of that, I think Kansas State is going to move up to number 9. He's going to make a top 10 matchup with TCU. Uh, I really can't rave about the Wildcats enough. It's been a fabulous season. Um, I'm a little salty as well because I feel like we should have beat them in Norman. But anyways... Congrats, Wildcats. And at number 10, they were just behind Kansas State last week. I've got the Washington Huskies. Uh, first season with Kalen DeBauer. Uh, fabulous job so far, 10-2. and two. I'm hoping the Huskies as well are going to be able to go uh, New Year's 6 bowling. If USC wins against Utah on Friday, that should mean a Rose Bowl berth for the Huskies, uh, which is going to be cool, and that would likely be if USC won, then that would likely be against Ohio State. Rematch of the Rose Bowl from 2018 when Dwayne Haskins in Ohio State went 11-1, and but got blown out so badly by Purdue, they did not make the playoff. Um, actually, I no, know, they were 12-1, Big Ten champs, but got blown out so badly by Purdue, they did not make the playoff. Uh, luckily, the Sooners made it, and of course, didn't go well for us as it never has Anyways, let's move on. CFP scenarios. So I've drawn out a little bit of what I think could happen this weekend um, and then in turn what that means for the playoff. So because obviously they're not leaving out the SEC, Georgia is locked into the playoff. Um, even if they get blown out by LSU, 12-1 and Georgia is going to the playoff. Um, after the win last week in Columbus, I don't see any way Michigan's not going to the playoff either. Um, you know, I doubt Purdue blows them out because I don't think Purdue is even capable of doing that. Uh, but if Michigan were to lose, I think they're also going to the playoff. TCU, now 12-0 plenty of ranked wins um we've seen some crazy comebacks from the frogs Uh, they had left no doubt last week against iowa state um they're going to need to keep it close They, you know they don't want to leave any room for debate uh, because it is the big 12 which is like it or not a little bit less respected than the sec and big 10. so if the frogs can win this game, as I suspect they will. I think they're going to come in hungry and get the W over the Wildcats once again. Uh, But barring a complete and utter bombing, like we saw Kansas State do against Oklahoma State earlier this season, beating them 48-0, I think TCU has locked their playoff position. Um, So the first scenario... Georgia win, Michigan win, TCU win, USC win. Top four all win. There's your playoff set. No need to reseed. That's it. That's that. Second scenario Georgia loses and the rest of the three win. I've got number one, Michigan playing number four, USC, and number two, TCU playing number three, Georgia. Um, it really, you know, obviously two or three really doesn't matter which one you're going to be. Yeah. If I'm going be honest, even if you're number four, it really doesn't matter. As long as you make the playoff, you're going to make the playoff. Uh, so Georgia's not going to be mad at that, dropping to number three just before the playoff from number one. Obviously, where is that familiar? Well, that's exactly what happened last year, and they won the championship. So they shouldn't be mad at that at all. Next scenario, Georgia wins, Michigan loses, TCU wins, and USC wins. In this event... I've got a CFP semifinal rematch from last year. Number one, Georgia versus number four, Michigan, and number two, TCU versus number three, USC. Um, I think it, losing to Purdue would be enough to drop the Wolverines to number four. Um, not enough to drop them out of the playoff, but it would be enough for USC and TCU to jump them. Obviously, TCU as they're undefeated. Next scenario. Georgia win, Michigan win, TCU loss, USC win. This one would create some debate. Number five, Ohio State, barring what the committee does tonight, would be lingering right on the heels of the Horn Frogs. But, as I just said, barring a complete and utter abolishment, domination, by the Wildcats over the Frogs. TCU is still getting in the playoff. So in that scenario, I've got a uh, little bit of a teaser from Reese Davis on Selection Sunday where he tries to make us think something's gonna happen, but it's gonna be number one Georgia versus number four TCU and number two Michigan against number three USC. The next scenario is the first one in which we see shake up of the playoff teams. Georgia win, Michigan win, TCU win, USC loss. In the event of a USC loss, they are done. They are not going to the playoff. So I've got number one Georgia versus number four Ohio State, and number two Michigan against number three TCU. Obviously setting up a potential Ohio State-Michigan rematch in the, in the championship, um, though based on what we saw last week, Georgia should be able to beat the Buckeyes there. Um, but that would be interesting And that would be, obviously, that's what the Ohio State fans are rooting for, is a USC loss, because I believe that's enough to get them in. In the event that Georgia wins, Michigan wins, TCU loses, and USC loses, I still have the exact same order, exact same playoff. Number one, Georgia versus number four, Ohio State. And number two, Michigan against number three, TCU. I think they would leave TCU at 12-1 and one over Ohio State there. Um, and because of that scenario where TCU and USC both lose, um, uh, and the one where we saw USC wins and then TCU is the only team that loses, I think TCU is locked in. Um, I've debated this plenty of times in my head, gone over it. Uh, I just can't see any way, again, barring a complete murder of the Frogs, that they do not make the playoff. Uh, Congratulations to Sonny Dykes and the boys. I think they're playoff bound for sure. The next scenario, Georgia win, Michigan loss, TCU loss, and USC loss. All three of those 2-3-4s lose. I've got that same scenario that we've seen just twice before as well. Number one, Georgia versus number four, Ohio State at eleven and one. Number two, Michigan, twelve and one. Don't even they don't even move. And number three, TCU at twelve and one. They don't even move either. They just stay. Both stay put. Um, Which which is very interesting uh, and not really something you'd expect for a number two and number three both to lose in the conference championship game and not even move. Uh, But that's the position they've put themselves in, that's what happens when you have an undefeated regular season, Um, they've earned it. Uh, They've played their hearts out all year, so there you have it. And then finally, the last one I've got, if all four playoff teams lose, Georgia loses to LSU, Michigan loses to Purdue, TCU loses to Kansas State, And USC loses to Utah. In that event, pure chaos. Again, I think those top three teams still don't move. Congratulations. I think they're all three locked into the playoffs. Uh, I still have Georgia, number one, versus number four, Ohio State, and number two, Michigan, against number three, TCU. Um, I just think that these teams have done plenty enough already to solidify themselves. Um, We saw in 2014, TCU was oh so close to the playoff, was sitting at 10 and one, number three in the country, and then they beat Iowa State. I wanna get the actual number here. I believe it was 56 to three. They beat Iowa State fifty-five to three, and dropped to number six. They got jumped by Baylor as well. They didn't go to the playoff, and then they embarrassed Ole Miss in the Peach Bowl. Let's see what that score was. Um, Trevon Boykin and the boys, yeah, they beat number nine Ole Miss nine and three in the Peach Bowl, forty-two to three. That TCU team deserved better they deserve to go to the playoff if not them Baylor Uh, so luckily the big 12 realized their mistake added the championship game just a few years later uh, which was able to get Oklahoma in a few times uh, where without it they would not Um, obviously didn't go well so sad but this is great this is good for TCU they already beat Kansas State they are in We're going to talk about bowl projections soon. Um, After these rankings tonight, I'm going to regroup, come back, and hit you with another episode later in the week where, as I said, we're also going to do some conference championship SLO, making some game day picks uh, for what should be one of the biggest weeks of the season. But I'm going to be honest, it really won't be. As I say, as I have told you many a times now, In the past 10 minutes, these three teams, Georgia, Michigan, and TCU, have got their spot in the playoff. Thank you guys so much for listening. Sorry it's been so long since a podcast has been uploaded. Um, I'm hopefully going to be able to get more at you soon. Obviously, the college football season is coming to an end, though. So our our content is limited here. But while we're in the college football offseason, I am planning on making a new show uh, regarding all sports, where we're going to be able to talk about whatever the heck we want to. Um, NFL, NBA, NHL, uh, World Cup, you have it. Um, Thank you guys again, and I will see you soon.